around give a wave offering to each other in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Good to see you. Amen. Good to be here this evening. Praise the Lord. And people watching live stream, you're welcome. Amen. Let's celebrate what God is about to do. I want to welcome Bishop Leo with First Lady. Let's give the clap offering for them and their children. And so I'd like to invite Bishop to pray for the word for the Bible study this evening. Bishop, your grace, would you come and pray for the Bible study this evening? Pray that the word will go out and that we'll be enriched by God's word. Praise God. We just come. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Let's rise up and pray, please. Let's appreciate God for what he has already done today. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Give him glory. Lift his name on high. Father, we want to thank you for what you have already started in tonight's Bible studies. We thank you for the worship songs. We thank you for the praises. Thank you for all the prayers, the word of exaltation. We want to commit the Bible studies to you. Lead, use our Father in the Lord, our spiritual leader here tonight to bless us, to touch our hearts, to bring a total restoration to our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. May your name alone be exalted. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Your Grace. Amen. Please take your seats. God bless. It's uh, interesting times, things that are taking place around the world. We celebrate with Israel. We celebrate with uh, Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. We pray for the peace of our lives. But peace that transcends the natural person. Peace that no one can take away. Jesus said, the world will give you trouble and sorrow, but I'll give you peace that no one can take away, praise God. And that's realized with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Tonight's message, the subject for tonight's Bible study is uh, God is the great rewarder, blesser, and reconciler, praise God. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He, sa he saved you to keep you. He didn't save you that he would abandon you, praise God. I've got a few scriptures as references just to put on the overhead as we start our study this evening. God reciprocates. He's the great reciprocator. Amen. Praise God. And the way reciprocation in relation to the word of God is found at the very beginning in the Old Testament. What you give, you get back. Amen. What you give, you get back. And it began with Abraham. When Abraham was in his father's house, in his country with his family, God called him to leave that place. But he said, he used him as, as, a, as a point of contact to the people around him. He said, whoever blesses you, I will bless. I will reciprocate. And whoever curses you, them or him actually says, him I will curse. And so it looks, he, he calls us to follow that example, that we will reciprocate. That whatever comes on us, we will give back. And that's what the Old Testament law was about. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If someone does something bad to you, you do something bad to them. If someone does something good to you, you do something good to them. And that was the law as it was revealed in the Old Testament, praise God. So we take the journey through the Word of God to see how we can apply these principles today and what they mean for today in our lives. How we can reciprocate what is around us in our lives and what God is requiring from us. What does God demand from us, praise God? 
So I want to just take Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 21. It says about reciprocating evil for evil, good for good. For good. It says, uh, 1921, it says this. Your eyes should not pity. Life should be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for, for foot. That was the law and the prophets of the Old Testament, praise God. That's what it was all about. And the Lord also goes, moves on to say, those who honour me, I will honour. I want to see what the implication where this takes us. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, this is what in the book of Samuel we read. It says this, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Fight be from me. For those who honour me, I will honour. And those who despise me, I should, I should be lightly esteemed. Uh, despise me, should be lightly esteemed. And so we see very clearly, what we do has a consequence. How you, how you interact with God has different outcomes. And if we want to be blessed, we need to honour God. And in fact, the implication is this, if you put God first, God will put you first. If you put God last, God will put you last. Amen? That's a biblical principle, biblical, if you like, science, praise God. And in fact, God, when Jesus is teaching us to pray, through the Lord's Prayer, he says that we called God to imitate us. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, this is what it says here. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So what, what the Lord is actually saying to the people who are the audience around him, the multitudes, he said, look, this is how you pray. In fact, it was the disciples who was teaching how to pray. He says, you say this, when your prayer, this is one of the articles in prayer, Lord, Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. We're saying, God, follow my example. Reciprocate what I do, my behavior, and my attitude. That's a powerful statement to make. Jesus is saying to, he's saying to us, when you pray, you ask God to copy your example. So how you behave will determine how God behaves, responds to you. And that's what it's all about. So if we want to get good, we want to learn how to grow in God and do the right things, then we need to show an example. We lead by example. And that's what the Lord is speaking about, lead by example. If you want people to do something, show them the example. There are two great teachers in life. One is experience and the other one is example. In fact, God was seeking to find a man to stand in the gap to plead, to plead for the world, to stand in the gap for humanity. And he said he couldn't find, because everyone was selfish. It was all about me, myself, and I. And this is, this is why the Lord changes everything around, turns it on his head. Now it's not about me, it's about how I can serve you. I wish I'm speaking to someone this evening, praise God. Let me look at a few passages, just to qualify this, to move on to see how we can reflect the godly attitude, the godly mindset, to be godlike, because... That's the whole intention, is to restore the image and likeness of God in our everyday life. Um, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, this is what it says here. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. It's looking around someone to stand in the gap and to see this in the same vein when um, the Lord reveals to Abraham that he would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham intercedes and pleads for Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, if there's 50 righteous, will you still destroy? He says, no, if you find 50 righteous. 
And he goes, brings down the numbers because there was no, there was no one really righteous with a godly disposition to stand in the gap for Sodom and Gomorrah. And we need to pray for the nation of England, for the nations of the world, that there'll be at least five people, five individuals who stand in the gap for this nation to continually be praying for breakthroughs. And we're seeing breakthroughs because God is raising men and women to serve his purpose all over the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we are in the midst of it. ACC, you all are part of this big move, spiritual revival. And I said there's a Jesus revolution. And I know no sooner said it, and we're seeing the evidence of the Jesus revolution. There are breakthroughs upon breakthroughs. And we are in the forefront of everything that God is doing, praise God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, he couldn't find no man. That's why the Lord took it upon himself to show the example that we can reciprocate his example. Because there was no model of anyone we can see to see how we can be like that. Because everyone around is evil. If you measure yourself on people in the world to goodness in relation to people around you, someone's good. No one is perfect. All full short of the glory of God. And so the Lord had to come and show the prototype. What we sh- how we should reflect in the world, how we should behave, how we should speak, how we should interact with each other and with the world around us. And Jesus was that perfect man who revealed that he was without sin, praise God. And because God could not find the man, he became the man. And that's why Pontius Pilate, in an ironic way, not knowing what he was saying, in, in the Gospel of John chapter 19, verse 5, he didn't know what he was saying when he was calling Jesus before him to judge him. And passed sentence upon him. This is what he said. Then Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, behold the man. You know, interesting how it's worded in Greek. He says this, idu or anthropos. Powerful. If you need to look at this for the spiritual lens to understand what the implication, what John was writing there. It's so profound. It's so awe-inspiring. To understand what the scripture actually actually says. It's actually making a, a big implication. He doesn't imply that Jesus is a man or part of humanity. He uses the definite article here. He says, Idu or Anthropos, the man, not a man or man, but the man, the image, and the likeness we need to reflect. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Hallelujah. So he becomes the man. We follow his example. And so we're calling, he calls us to reciprocate. He, asks, he reciprocates what we do, and he wants us to reciprocate what he does. How does he behave? And we look at the, the, the fruits, the virtues of the Spirit. Uh, they, they're godly. They, they, re, they reflect the godly characteristics, long-suffering, peace, you know, it's all the good things, the virtuous things that, that, that bring goodness about, praise God. It's medicine healing to the old man. Hallelujah. I wish it's powerful, profound, that Pontius Pilate voices these words, are recorded that he voices these words, making profane, prophetic um, declaration about the identity of Jesus, the man. Because when they came and they asked John the Baptist who he was, they said, Isi o prophetis, are you the prophet? He says, no. He said, they said, is he Elias? Are you Elijah? He says, no. And, but Jesus contradicts this. He says, do you not know Elijah who's, who already come? Implying that John the Baptist was Elijah? How do you understand that? 
Well, what Jesus meant, Elijah has come in the John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. And he said uh, John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that was born from a woman. But John the Baptist says, no, I'm not. He says, is he all prophet? They said to him, are you the prophet? Because they used a different article. He's, he's a prophet. He's the best prophet of the Old Testament. But his head and shoulders beneath. He's dwarfed in the face of the prophet, which is Jesus Christ. He is a prophet, but he's not the prophet. The prophet is Jesus Christ. But you only need to, you cannot understand this unless you're in the Holy Spirit. What's really the narrative, the dialogue, what's the divine drama that was unfolding? You cannot understand it unless you are in the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's profound. So Jesus becomes this man to change everything. So he takes in the Old Testament and he turns it on its head, turns it inside and upside down. Because the Old Testament was saying an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, it's profound. But he gives a, a, a greater law that we without the spirit cannot attain to. Don't try. If you want to try in the flesh, you will not. Even that Apostle Paul says, we could not live up to the, the rules of the Old Testament. We could not live up to them. Let alone fulfill the New Testament requirement of Jesus. It supersedes the Old Testament. Wow. It's easy to, to, to have an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, to, to, to be bitter, to be angry, to, to seek revenge. But it's hard to forgive in the face of injustice. And so Jesus takes this Old Testament, the whole Old Testament, and he re-shifts it around, juggles it around, and changes it around, and turns it on its head and shoulders, and seems he's doing something completely different. Because in the Old Testament, without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to live up to the divine mandate and requirement of what the Spirit is all about. So God had to put some restraints on carnality, and he allowed them to function up to a certain, in a certain way. Uh, express it within the limitations they had at the time. But then Jesus takes this, this Old Testament law and spins it around and seemingly contradicts it. He rewrites it. And there's only, one, there's only one being or one person or one entity that can rewrite it, the one who wrote it in the first place. And he's the only one who can readjust it. So he goes on to say this in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 30, 38. He says this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, just leave the passage here for a moment, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yeah, that's easy. Someone hits you, you hit them back. Someone robs you, you rob them back. Yeah? That's the law of the jungle. That's the law of carnality. That's the law of the unregenerated men. But I take you on a different level, a different plane that moves on the level of compassion, love, forgiveness. Yeah, that transcends all these things, that it's not humanly possible. As Deacon Donald, if he's watching, he says that's not humanly possible, and it's true. It's not humanly possible to do what Jesus guides, directs his listeners to do. It's something unheard of. Culturally, imprint, there's an imprint in them, culturally to behave in a particular way. We have to die to the old, come to the new. In some sense, we say, repair my heart. That's been broken. God gives you a new heart. He takes the old heart of stone away and gives you a heart of flesh. He gives you something completely new, something new for the old. Praise God. And so he's saying, you've heard that in the, it was said, an eye for an eye, two for two. But watch, watch what he goes to say, verse 39. 
But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. So you, you hit one side, offer you the other cheek. Yeah? It's no longer an eye for an eye. It turns it on its head, upside down. It's difficult to live by these rules, these standards. But he was the man who lived by these rules and these standards. Praise God. It's so powerful and so profound. The word of God is so amazing. If you, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 50. I want to read from verse 2. And I want to show you something very important. This is a Bible study. So make notes. Go back and read. Because there's so much depth, width, length, and height of the word of God. You've been looking. We've been. The, the natural man's been looking at the scripture on a three-dimensional level. I'd encourage you. I implore you to move to the fourth dimension, which is the Holy Spirit. And you'll see the scripture as you have never seen it before. It will blow your mind away. Hallelujah. When you see in a different viewpoint, different angle. Because the protocol of the world is not the protocol of the church of God. It's a different protocol. We live by divine rules, divine standards, not worldly interpretations, but godly revelations, praise God. And see, a visionary does not wait for people around him to understand what he says and what he's going to do. He moves according to the leading of God. Otherwise, he's no longer a visionary. If before I make a decision where to go, what to do, as a visionary of a church or any prophet needs to get the consent of the multitudes, the populace, we would do nothing. We'd be going around in circles. Jesus didn't wait for his disciples to understand him before he moved and was betrayed. And It was after the fact that they understood what he had actually said. And Sometimes they give a word and people don't understand what I'm saying to the church. But after the fact, there is, you know what that man said, that crazy man, perhaps it was right. I can see there was value to it. There was meaning. There was divine engine behind it. There was divine inspiration behind it, praise God. But when you're going for it, I don't understand it. Not, lack of understanding does not negate the prophetic move. When Paul took his handkerchiefs and his apron cords and people touched them and were healed, he didn't wait for people to understand how it happened. It happened through faith. Isaiah chapter 2, this is amazing. See, And this is what Jesus shows in the light of what he teaches in the Old Testament, speaking about the Messiah. We read here what the prophet was prophesying and was fulfilled through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the, the, the book of Isaiah is the fifth gospel. Hallelujah. It's the gospel before the gospels. Amen. And we can learn so much from the Old Testament scriptures because the, the, the apostles were not teaching for the New Testament. They were using the Old Testament to teach about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now watch this, what it says. Why when I came was there no man? He came in the world, but there was no man. Because no one could live up to the divine standards. And even today, it's few and far between. We may call ourselves Christians. We may call ourselves religious. But it's something different to be than to say. Our nature must be transformed. It's about him. And when he's in charge, he opens doors that no one can close. And when he's in charge, he closes doors that no one can open. When you leave him in charge, he'll direct your steps. And he'll, 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 he'll astound people. He'll confound people. Even the wise will be confused because God moves in ways that are beyond the natural understanding, praise God. I want, I want ACC to remember these things because God is taking ACC on a direction, praise God. He's opening doors that no one's going to close, that no one ever walked before. He's taking us places that we've never been before. 
He's going to give us experiences that we've never had before. It's going to be a shifting. It's going to be a shaking. It's going to be a turning inside, upside down, what we never experienced before. All we need to do is trust the process. Trust God. Trust his word. He's brought us thus far. It can take us all the way, praise God. Hallelujah. He's going to open doors. He's opened a door that humanly it's impossible to open. He's opened many doors which humanly was impossible to open. And because we're live stream, I cannot say them. But I'm telling you, sometimes you've got to conceal what God is doing. You don't expose it. Jesus was 30 years old before he revealed himself to the world. Where was he from, from birth to 30, apart from being 12 and going to the synagogue and challenging the, 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 the scholars there? Where was he unheard? He was under the radar. And sometimes we've got to be under the radar to have the greatest impact because the element of the surprise is so profound. You don't tell people you're going to punch them. I'm not saying punch physically now because you turn the other cheek. You're, you just move and they're, stay, they're caught unawares. And this is what the powers, they don't know what God is about to do. Globally, praise him. He's shaking foundations. He's pulling the rug from under people's feet. He's going to turn the world inside, upside down. He's going to expose falsehood. He's going to real truth. He's going to raise a banner and show that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings unto his glory. That's what God is doing. He's raising the young. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is moving in power and shall not relent. Hallelujah. And it will execute that which he says to do. However many come to stop and block the way, there'll be bulldozers out the way because God is on the move. He says, God is a man of war. Hallelujah. There's no power, no empire can stand against him. He blows and earth, the earth shakes. Hallelujah. At his move. That's the God that you and I serve. Hallelujah. We give him the praise and the glory. Now let me just come back. He says, when I came... Uh, why when I came was there no man? Why when I called was there none to answer? And today he's given us a call to the people around, to his churches. And he wants us to answer him and say, Lord, here we are. We're ready to stand and be counted in servitude to serve you in spirit and in truth. We don't need to get rid of the emotions, the selfishness, and become selfless to serve his purpose. A greater plan, a bigger plan, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? God can do more than you can ever imagine and think. We walk around, woe is me, the humanity is woe is me, all pity, all pessimistic, pitiness, and so forth. Hallelujah. It's profound. But God is saying, I can do more than you can think, more you can, than you can imagine. Amen, praise God. And even the world wants to hear about God now. The world wants answers. Governments have lost the plot. Or have I no power to deliver? What God do you serve? What God do I serve? I serve the God who reciprocates. If I take one step, he takes 99. If I do one good deed, he does a billion. Hallelujah, praise God. He makes the rich poor and the poor rich. He makes kings servants and makes servants kings. I saw servants ride on horses and kings walk in chains, says the prophet. He can do whatever, turn it inside, upside down. Hallelujah. He can impoverish and he can prosper. That's the God that serves. He can lift up the valleys and he can bring down the mountains. That's the God that I serve. 
Hallelujah. There's no limit to the God that I serve. It doesn't matter the naysayers, people in the world. When God says one word, it negates everything else. It cancels everything else. That's the God I serve. When he speaks, you listen. Hallelujah. Or have I no power to? Indeed, with my, with my rebuke, I dry up the sea. What did I just say? I make the rivers of the wilderness, their fish stink because there is no water, and die of thirst. I can do whatever I choose to do. Will to do, I can do. But there's a purpose behind when I move, says the Lord. There is a purpose. Don't think it's just haphazard. Don't just think it's chaotic. There's all that in the chaos of God. Don't think when I do something, because you cannot understand what I'm doing, that I'm not doing, praise God, that I'm not in control, still in control. God is in control. Hallelujah. Praise God. And as, as the Lord says, I was born for this purpose. I was born to preach. I was born to preach. That's the purpose. And we're all born for a purpose. The skill is to find our purpose and fulfill and run with that vision, run with that purpose. God has a purpose for every one of you, without exception. Hallelujah. Praise God. And verse 3, I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make, uh, I make sackcloth their covering. can do whatever he wants to do. He wants to remove the sun, he can remove the sun. He removed the sun. For three hours on the cross of Calvary, there was darkness all over the face of the, because the greater sun was illuminating, and the lesser sun was diminished in the background because the sun of righteous had risen with healing in his wings. When he says had risen with healing in his wings, that means he was crucified, church. Let me give you a revelation to understand what Malachi is saying. When he says the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his sins, in his wings, it means he rose, he was crucified, and when he was crucified, the lesser sun was diminished, and the greater shone more brightly into the heart some minds of people receptive to the presence of the light of the world. Hallelujah. His wings are the cross. Under his shadow of his wings we should find refuge. His cross, under the cross we find refuge. Hallelujah. Verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. This is Jesus Christ, the Father to the Son, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Which, don't you wish you had that kind of spirit that you can speak, hallelujah, to the weary, a word in season, that when you speak it will refresh someone's life, they can leave your presence and be inspired? Hallelujah. I don't want people to come and say how inspiring I am. I want people to say I've been inspired. Hallelujah. I don't want people to look and say, what a great leader you are. I want people to leave and say, you know what? What that person, I can do what that person does. God is calling me to do great things. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord, I, would, I want people to rise up and stand and take their station in God. And not be preoccupied with the mean things of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a generation that is passing that we're not going to see the like of them again in, this, in our experience, even in our churches. We're not going to see a generation of, of a particular characteristic of people because they were devoted to God. We need to be devoted. We need to emulate that. We need to follow that example. And they're in the church to be examples for us. As I said earlier, the two great teachers, examples and experience, we need to be that example. Hallelujah. A word in season, weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as, as the learned. We want our ear to be awakened to hear 
the voice of the Spirit. That's why Jesus says, he who has an ear to hear, hear. Yes, everyone has an ear, but do they hear what the Lord is saying? Because when you hear, you can process it. You can acknowledge it. You can, you can apply it in your life, and you can act upon what you hear. Knowledge is power in the Spirit, praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 5. I wish I'm speaking to someone. I wish people watching live stream, you're excited. Hallelujah. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. This is the problem is, you know, many are called, but few are chosen. I mean, the implication is people are called, but few are chosen, meaning you're called to do great exploits, but people shy away. People move back because they count the cost. Their time, their comfort, their pleasure, their finances, we, kind of, we count the cost. But everything we do builds to a climax to have a, 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 a what you call it, a, an, an amazing outcome, a crescendo of serving God, because everything we have is going to be exploded and channeled into, into the eternity of God. You get that when you get home. I can't decode everything, but I'm giving you things to think about. The Lord God has opened my ear. Pray that God will open your ear. Not your physical, your spiritual ear. And I was not rebellious. And when you do hear, you don't become rebellious. Don't become embittered. Don't become hardened. Don't become negative. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. You know, you know the thing is that, you know, we all can always find excuse why not to do something. You know, I often say this. I often say this, but being repetitive is not tedious. It's, it's edifying. And, and so, so, for example, we don't, we're not driven by emotion. We're not driven by our moods. We're driven by what's Right. And God wants to see that character in us, that we want that. We're not rebelling against his word. He calls us, many are called, but let's be the ones chosen to serve the bigger plan, the greater purpose of God, what God has for the world. Nor did I turn away. Don't turn away. Follow him wherever he leads you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it is difficult. Sometimes it is tough. Hallelujah. But he strengthens us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. I've, I've been privileged to have many spiritual mentors. And I pray that you as members and leadership of ACC somehow will, will see yourselves reflected in what God does in this world today. Because God's chosen you. You are the people that God's singled out to serve this purpose. Don't turn away. Don't be rebellious and don't turn away from divine calling. Be ready in season and out of season, praise God. Find reasons why and not reasons why not. Praise God. Verse 6. I gave my back to those who struck me. This is the interesting part about reciprocation. Okay. He says, I gave my back. It says the Greek translated. My, my back I gave. Watch this. I want to see how it's phrased. See, when he says it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven means that it's being given out to you and we take. But it says, this he says, I gave my back. He says, I gave my back. You didn't take it. I gave Yeah, I gave it willingly. I laid down my life because you cannot take my life. How do you can extinguish and kill the one who lives forever? You cannot, unless he lays his life, you cannot take his life. He says, I gave my back, he says, to those who struck me. 
to the Romans who struck him, he gave it back. They couldn't touch him. Do you think when they came to arrest Jesus, look at this. They came and Judas identified, and they says, who do you want? He says, I am. As soon as he says, I am, they went back and fell to the ground by the power of the word. If he didn't allow them, they could not have arrested him. They could not put any chains and shackles on him if he didn't allow them. So he gave himself over to them. He said, I'll give you my back. Everything we have of God is because he's given. Even his crucifixion, he gave it to us. We didn't take it. The Romans couldn't take it. Caiaphas couldn't take it. And Aeneas couldn't take it. They couldn't take him. The high priest couldn't. He gave it because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son to suffer all those injustices. That's the love God has for us. 21st century Believers, how much more we need to reciprocate that love. That as he gave himself for us, we give ourselves for him. Not to me. You never give yourself to a bishop. You never give yourself to an individual. You give yourself to God. And that makes a difference, praise God. Hallelujah. I would, if you gave yourself to me, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even know what to do with you. I've got enough to do with myself. Hallelujah, praise God. Then he says this. Let me just read on just a few more verses. Just please, but follow through. Follow through this, please. Very, very important. Verse seven, uh, 7. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. So whatever we go through, for the sake of him, he will always help us. Hallelujah. Uh, therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of who Jesus is for, to us and who we are to the world, praise God. Verse 8, then he says this, he is, near, he is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near, near me. And so it doesn't matter. God is with us. Whatever comes our way, whatever missiles, whatever thing comes to affect us, God is our shield. He's our shield and he's our buckler. And I was to take away the preconceptions from our mind, what we've learned, what we think we know, what we don't know. Take them away, praise God. And just let God speak to us. Open our ears and do not rebel against him. Do not turn away from him and let him lead and let him guide us, praise God. So he changes everything. The Lord changes everything. He, gave us, he gives us the golden rule how we should be, able, how we should be living. He said this in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. If you want goodness, be good. If you want blessings, be a blesser. How you, how you behave, how you treat other people ultimately comes back. Some religions call it karma. Some call it reaping and sowing. We call it God's blessing. The attitude to have as a man or woman of God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, which is very, very important. And that's why the Lord changes the Old Testament. Thou shalt not to, now you're blessed, there's a blessing. And that, that goes throughout the scripture. And then he says, and then he goes on to say this, and I want, I want just to think about the word of the Lord, what God is saying. John, first epistle of John chapter 4 verse 19, he says this. We love him because he first loved us. Reciprocate his love. In the Old Testament, we're told God 
does to us what we do to him, how we see him. Now he's saying to the, John is saying, uh, he loved us first, so we need to reciprocate that love. And what, how, how is that translated in action? How do we reciprocate the love of God? It's something that we need to work. It doesn't, it's not something that you wake up one morning and say, you know what, everything is fine, everything is in control. There's more that meets the eye, and you need to be prepared to reciprocate that love of God. You see, because in the Old Testament, it was curse those who curse you, strike him who struck you. But the Lord is saying in the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 28, he goes on to say this. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. It's interesting. I was asked, I, I did a podcast, I don't know if any of you saw it on social media, with the Motive, uh, the Motive podcast. And basically, he asked me a question about prayer. About, if you've seen it, you'll see about prayer. And I said, look, when you pray, and I've said it to the church before, you're not praying to change any, anyone around you. We think we're praying, can you change? And even, you don't even pray to, you know, you, God can change the situation, but you're not really praying per se about something objectively outside of you. When you're praying, you're praying for you to adapt your vision, your outlook, have a different perspective have a different attitude towards things around you. And that's what prayer changes you from within, that you can manage and deal for divine assistance with what's happening around you. So the prayer shapes you and changes you. The prayer is the chisel and hammer to take all the rough edges of us so we can look from a different viewpoint. So you don't get aggressive, you don't, you're not driven by emotion, so you can look out, and, and as I said, you know, to be able to embrace even those who do not agree with you, to still love them. Even those who don't like you, to still love them. So you change yourself, you're not going to change them. They may never change, they may change, they never change. But we do pray for them, but we're not praying because we, we expect their change for them. It's between them and God. But we pray for a situation that we can change, and perhaps our change can be contagious, and they'll see a difference in us, and they'll be the catalyst to help them change. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Hallelujah. So it's very important. So this is the new divine requirement to be godly. Now, but you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without God's assistance. The natural man is at enmity with God. The world is at enmity with God. We need to change. So something has to die and something has to be reborn in us, praise God. And that's what baptism is is about. To be baptized, you die to the old. Consensually, you say, I'm dying. I'm giving myself over to you to rise to you. And you follow. You reciprocate. Jesus is example. Why? Jesus was baptized. So therefore, we follow that example. You're not baptized to when you're perfect yeah you don't come to you don't say well when i'm perfect i get baptized you get baptized to become perfected you don't have to be perfect to be baptized but the baptism helps you progress and mature to be perfected in god it helps you change a lot of things because you're 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 relinquishing yourself yourself when you say lord here i'm giving myself to you and it does change everything because how can i bless those who curse me Oftentimes, people want to kill someone that cursed them. We see this happen in the world, all around us. Oftentimes, people don't want, to, they don't want anything to do with somebody who, who, who's negative about them, who criticizes them. Well, we pray for them. Because if you're from a viewpoint transcending and you're a spiritual level, you need to have compassion. 
Because Jesus said, forgive them for they do not, do not know what they are doing. The natural man does not know, does things that doesn't understand the consequence of what they're doing. They're hurting themselves more than they hurt the object of their hate. Hate is a poison that kills the one who is hating. Unforgiveness is a poison that's killing the one who is doing the unforgiving. Let go because you're holding on to something and you're not setting yourself free. You become a prisoner of your emotion and we need to be set free. Jesus said, know the truth and the truth will make you free. He says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. It's not about us. It's about him in us. Changes everything, praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you tonight. Reciprocate the love of God. Amen. Reciprocate. We love him because he first loved us. And as he said in the Old Testament, I'll bless those who bless me, curse those who curse me. Today he's saying, I'll even bless those who curse me. I'll even pray for those who, 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 who curse me. He says, bless those who curse, curse you. In the Old Testament he says, I will curse him who curse you. But here we see, bless those who How do you reconcile the two? Because in the Old Testament, people operated in the flesh. In the New Testament, it's in the spirit, praise God. And the devil doesn't like to see people forgiving. He doesn't like to see you forgiving anyone. Because as long as you do not forgive, you are under his domain. You get that when you get home. When you're angry with someone, jealous of someone, embittered of someone, you are under his domain. Because they are the passions, the qualities of demonic powers. When you have love, forgiveness, and you want the best for people, you're driven by the Spirit of God. So let go of those things. Come hell or high, let go of those things and set yourself free from them. Because Jesus has set you free, but you in turn have to set yourself free. When Lazarus was in the tomb, he says, Lazarus, come forth. After four days, we're not complaining, he's stinking in there. He's smelling. He says, don't worry. He said, I'm, at the, I'm here at the right time in the right way. And Jesus even wept. But he says, move the stone. They rolled the stone away. He came out bound, head, hand and foot. From head to toe with with a burial clothes, and he said to them, "Untie him, take the, loose him." And what the thing is that God brings us alive, but we've got to go through that process as well of helping that to, for ourselves. God can do everything, but He says, "Your faith has made you well." He says, "You've got to co-work with me in this because you can say I believe in Jesus, but you might be a bitter person inside. You've got to set yourself free from whatever's inside and to be fully functional for the service of the King, because there's amazing things happening." Towards the end of this year, coming into 2024, and especially 2025, if God tarries, there's amazing things happening all over the world. The revolution has started. It started actually from the resurrection. It's continuing. It's taking momentum. Be a part of that Jesus revolution, praise God. Help change yourself first and help change the world for the love of God. Be that shine. Be that example in his love as we give him the praise, the glory, and the preeminence. As we say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Please come, praise him, come up.